ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद्भागवतम तमेवयोयं भजतात्मवृत्ति To give all his possessions, 
in charity, to be strictly Vedic in the management of state affairs, and to be unafraid to fight whenever there is an attack by enemies. In this way, Akshatriya can satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by his occupational duties. Similarly, Avaisha can satisfy the Supreme Godhead by properly executing his occupational duties, engaging himself in producing foodstuffs, giving protection to cows, and trading if necessary when there is an excess of agricultural production. Similarly, because Shudras do not have ample intelligence, they should simply engage as workers to serve the highest statuses of social life. Everyone's aim should be to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by engaging his mind in thinking always of Krishna, his words in always offering prayers to the Lord, or preaching about the glories of the Lord, and his body in executing the service required to satisfy the Lord. As there are four divisions within our body, the head, the arms, the belly and the legs, similarly human society taken as a whole is divided into four classes of men according to their material qualities and occupational duties. Thus the Brahminical or intelligent men have to execute the duty of the head, the Kshatriyas must fulfill the duty of the arms, the Vaishya class must fulfill the duty of the belly and the Shudras must fulfill the duties of the legs. In executing the prescribed duties of life, no one is higher or lower. There are such divisions as higher and lower, but since there is actually a common interest to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there are no distinctions between them. The question may be raised that since the Lord is supposed to be worshipped by great demigods like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva and others, how can an ordinary human being on this planet serve him? This is clearly explained by Prithu Maharaj by the use of the word Yathadikara, according to one's ability. If one sincerely executes his occupational duty, that will be sufficient. One does not need to become like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Indra, Lord Chaitanya or Ramanujacharya, whose capabilities are certainly far above ours. Even a Shudra who is in the lowest stage of life according to the material qualities can achieve the same success. Anyone can become successful in devotional service provided he displays no duplicity. It is explained here that one must be very frank and open-minded, a mayana. To be situated in a lower status of life is not a disqualification for success in devotional service. The only qualification is that whether one is a brahmana, kshatriya, vaisha or shudra, he must be open, frank and free from reservation. Then by performing his particular occupational duty under the guidance of a proper spiritual master, he can achieve the highest success in life. As confirmed by the Lord himself, Striyo Vaishas It does not matter what one is, whether a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaisha, Shudra or a degraded woman. If one engages himself seriously in devotional service, working with body, mind and intelligence, he is sure to be successful in going back home, back to Godhead. The Lord's lotus feet are described here as Kamadukhangripankajam because they have all power to fulfill the desires of everyone. A devotee is happy even in this life because although in material existence we have many needs, all his material needs are satisfied and when he at last quits his body, he goes back home, back to Godhead without a doubt. Krishna.
classification in India? No. Social classification. And that's the problem, because it's not Varnashram. It's, uh, it's a uh, perversion of the Varnashram system. Therefore, there's this consideration of caste, high caste and low caste. Can you translate? Can't understand? It's not the Varnashram system, but it's a the caste system, which is a perversion of the Varnashram. And uh, we see the whole of India is uh, one of the major problems is all the politicization of caste. It's called democracy, but it's all different politi- politicians trying to get hold of different caste groups and put them against each other for their own benefit, which is far removed from the actual purpose of the Varnashram system, which is simply to uh, engage people according to their ability. The first point is to recognize that everyone has different abilities. <coughs> so you can make reservations and for people to go in the medical college, but just by having a reservation doesn't mean that they have the ability to become a doctor. It's uh, artificial. You can't artificially make someone into something which they don't have the ability for. If we take uh, an auto rickshaw driver and say, okay, now you'll be prime minister, then it's going to be a mess. He's not qualified. And if you take the prime minister and try to make him an auto rickshaw driver, he probably wouldn't make a very good auto rickshaw driver either. So the Van Ashram system is a sensible system to place everyone uh, where they belong. With the aim, Swakaramana tam abhyarcha siddhing vindati mahanavaha. That by word, everyone according to whatever position they're in, they can worship Krishna and achieve all perfection. This is the really important point, to worship Krishna. It doesn't really matter whether you're a prime minister or an auto rickshaw driver, but we have to worship Krishna. At the time of death, then, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're a prime minister or auto rickshaw driver or whatever you are. But uh, one's activities are measured according to one's punya and pap, and beyond that one's bhakti to Vishnu. That's why in uh, traditional Indian culture, the sadhus, they're respected more than even the king. The king will go and bow down to the sadhu. The king is very powerful and wealthy and honored in so many ways. The sadhu is, uh, has no money, no political power, but he has no material desire and therefore is honored. It's recognized that, that that is greater than any greatness in terms of material achievement. So that's the quality of a sadhu, vairagya. And above and beyond that, if one has bhakti to Krishna, that is the greatest quality. Uh, this is even, even in the 
field of bhakti. This is all this caste consideration has always been some kind of blockage. People tend to think that we're devotees, but we have we're Brahmins, so we're better. Even among devotees, if someone is born in a Brahmana caste, they tend to think, well, we're better. But that is one kind of uh, egoism, which immediately disqualifies one from bhakti. So material qualification, actually for bhakti it's a disqualification. Dinere adhik daya kare bhagavan kulin pandit dhani bara abhiman, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, that Bhagavan is dina daya, He's especially kind to the fallen. And those who are considered very high in human society, those who are very learned, those who are very high caste, and those who are very rich, they tend to be very proud also. In the modern age in India, there's a lot of propaganda. You have to be a success. You have to show yourself to be something very great. But... uh, in bhakti, this idea of prestige, again, it's a disqualification. If we just consider how insignificant we are, then we can actually start to worship Krishna. There is a description in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita about Brahma. Now, however big you may be in this world, in this prithvi, this earth, None of us are nearly as big as Brahma. So, in the Jada, the Bumil, you see, Brahma is looking down, and his time scale is very different to ours. And if he happens to sneeze in that time, you know, 5,000 prime ministers will come and go. <laughs> so, there's a description in Chaitanya Charitamrita that when Bhagavan Krishna was in Dwaraka 5,000 years ago. Brahma went to see Krishna. And the doorman said, Okay, who are you? You want to see Krishna? All right, just wait here. Just tell your name. So he said, Well, I'm Brahma. You know who I am. You didn't read your books. So the, the doorman went inside and came back and said, Well, Bhagavan Krishna asked, Which Brahma? I said, well, I'm Brahma, you know. I see that I made the whole universe. I'm the only Brahma here. What happened? I forgot. I was born out of your lotus navel and uh, navel and uh, got four heads and uh, you know me, right? So the doorman went back and told Krishna and then came back to the message. Okay, you can come in. So then he came in and Krishna welcomed him and Said, okay, what did you come for? Nice to see you. Any special business? <laughs> so Brahma said, yeah, there is something. But first of all, I just want to ask you, why did you ask which Brahma? Brahma. I'm Brahma, you know. <laughs> and Krishna laughed. <laughs> and then uh, by his Divya Shakti, Bhagavan Krishna arranged so many Brahmas to come. Because there's so many universes, so many material universes, in every universe there's one Brahma. 
And according to the size of the universe, that's how many heads they have. So this universe we're in happens to be the smallest one, so this Brahma has only four heads. But he saw so many Brahmas come, some had ten heads, hundred heads, thousand, lakh, crore, arabud. How do you say that in English? There's like ten crores or a hundred crores. Anyway, then there's so many numbers go up and up and up. They have huge numbers, which are not... In English, they don't have words for it. Padma is the top. It's like 10 to the power of 50 or something. Interesting that they have names for these numbers because they they, uh, they had advanced mathematics also in Vedic culture. So there's uh, Chaturmuk Brahma, who thought, I'm the biggest man in the universe, suddenly thought, oops... I'm just like a little mouse compared to all these Brahmas. So however big we might think we are, we're very small in comparison to Krishna. One of Krishna's famous leelas is his Govardhana Dharan leela. He's holding up the Govardhan giri. So uh, Indra behaved very badly towards Krishna and his dear devotees, the Rajavasis. He wanted to kill the Rajavasis. What bigger offense could there be than this? He wanted to kill the cows and the devotees of Vrindavan by flooding them. Yeah, so which, they, what bigger offense could there be than So Krishna was, was thinking to kill Indra. He was thinking to. But then he thought, well, why should I bother? He's so insignificant. So who is uh, considered very great in this world, compared to Krishna, he's nothing more than an ant. And actually, who is Indra today can be an ant tomorrow. And this mosquito here, who you can't see, it could be Indra tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow, but after some time. But we're all very, very insignificant in relationship to Krishna. But because we've forgotten Krishna, we want to make ourselves big. And if someone is big in this world, we respect them and envy them also. Or we may worship someone very big in this world as a substitute for our worship, which is meant for Krishna. Just like we see in this country, cricket stars, they're practically worshipped film stars, or people who uh, declare themselves an incarnation of God. People believe them. There's one local incarnation of some Devi, but hasn't been, hasn't caught the public imagination. This, what's it? Whoops, I shouldn't say. He's your boss of your hospital, right? Yeah, so didn't, didn't really, not a very successful avatar. Financially doing well, but didn't really uh, capture the attention. So that tendency to worship is there, but is misplaced. That is meant for Krishna. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has uh, given the essence of bhakti. One should consider oneself lower than a straw. Easy to say. 
Some people become known as greater than others. In bhakti, some people become greater. They become known as greater than others. And actually, uh, Krishna, he also wants that his devotees be honored. And Krishna wants bhakti preached everywhere. So if one... Uh, preaches very widely he may become very recognized by others now because that, that tendency is there in material life to be recognized by others to be honored by others that when if it happens that by performing bhakti one becomes honored one may be contaminated by that desire for honor even within the field of bhakti and it can be that when one hears the descriptions of Rama here, the names of Ramanuja, Acharya, great devotees, who may think, okay, well, let's see what I can do. Maybe I'll be greater than Ramanuja. Something like this. You hear the description of Ramanuja, great devotees, and one might think, okay, I want also become such great. But in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, Patrang Pushpang Palangtayam Yome Bhaktya Prayachati Tadaham Bhakti Paharitam Ashnami Prayatam. Krishna is satisfied if we offer him with bhakti, fruit, leaf, flower, or water, which are very insignificant things. If one offers Krishna with bhakti, these items, Krishna is very pleased. And if one goes here, goes there, gives a big speech and makes a big noise and does lots of things but is doing it for personal prestige and not actually thinking how I can please Krishna, then Krishna is not very pleased. And actually, uh, by material ability, one may be able to do many things. But uh, in bhakti, one cannot maintain simply by some material ability. One may uh, be able to, for some short time, be able to do some, what appears to be outstanding service. But one will not be able to maintain that unless one is actually developing the spirit of the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught of humility, submission, trying to please Krishna. If, bhaktiya sanjateya bhaktiya. Bhakti arises from bhakti. Bhakti is to Bhagavad Bhakta Sanjayana Parijayate. Bhakti is transmitted from one person to Bhakti. How can one receive Bhakti? One receives from people who have Bhakti. So, if one, one can actually serve Krishna by preaching, if one has developed Bhakti to the degree which one has developed, one can serve Krishna by transmitting that to others. So everyone should act yata adhika is written here, according to one's ability. Krishna's grace, uh, 
He can give unlimited ability. But as Prabhupada writes here, it's not necessary that every... One does not need to become like Lord Brahma. It's not a competition. Everyone should... The main thing is that everyone should serve very sincerely with the desire to please Krishna. That is the meaning of bhakti, to act in a manner that is pleasing to Krishna. And it's not... Uh, again, although the, uh, Krishna wants his devotees to perform so many great services, Krishna wants his devotees to perform so many great services. And definitely we honor devotees who do perform great services. Just like the, here the name is Ramanuja Acharya is very famous for his great service in preaching bhakti. There were so many monkeys serving Lord Rama, but the name of Hanuman is very famous because he did more service. But Krishna, Rama, they're pleased with everyone acting according to their ability in devotional service. So this uh, idea, we may import that from our material consciousness, that especially in India, you have to be a success. <laughs> and people who are in external consciousness, they may see like that also. I used to regularly visit Rangoon in Burma, which is now Yangon in Myanmar. And... Uh, we didn't have any temple there at that time. We still don't have in Yangon. We have in other cities. And so I used to stay with uh, one Marwari family. And uh, I was going as a brahmachari. My name was Ilapati Brahmachari. So uh, then one time I came, I'd just taken sannyas. So my name had changed. So uh, when I arrived, he said, Oh, Elapati said, actually, my name's changed. I've taken sannyas. And he, this Marwari gentleman turned to his friend and said, promotion hoga. <laughs> <laughs> so they see like that. It's like a career. How can you get ahead? Get on top of the pile. Just like Prabhupada, he was uh, in Japan for negotiating with the Dai Nippon Printing Company for printing his books. So they were sitting around the conference table and all the different executives, they had their visiting cards, they all gave their cards to Prabhupada. So when they finished the negotiations, all the executives left and they just left one junior man to look after Prabhupada and you know, see to his needs like that. So Prabhupada immediately started preaching to the man. Preaching. And he asked him, what is your goal of life? So that uh, junior executive, he collected all the visiting cards and put them in order with the head of the company at the top and his own at the bottom. Then he pulled his out and put his on top. That this is my goal of life. But in bhakti, our goal of life is to be dasa nudasa 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 nudasa. Have you ever seen such a big hypocrite as someone who sits above everyone and tells... Now you should be dasa nudasa. And you think, well, what does that mean? You want to dominate everyone? But that's, uh, that's a paradox in bhakti. That uh, it's required that someone has to teach others. So to teach, you have to take a higher position. Because knowledge, like water, flows down. 
But if anyone is thinking, hey, I want to get up on that high seat, that's my goal, then cannot. Then out, we're outside of bhakti. Okay, we'll finish that. So one can be a very uh, ordinary, apparently, but be a great devotee of Krishna. I recently got a letter from one of my female disciples living in Europe. Very simple young woman, but very uh, dedicated in bhakti. She's been through many difficulties in her life. Took many. She was living in temples for some time. Took many, many difficulties to serve. Now she's married. And she wrote to me, she said, I'm, I'm only telling you, I didn't tell anyone else, even my husband. But uh, she, she had a dream in which she was actually with Krishna in the spiritual world. And she asked me that, well, you know, what should I understand from this? So I replied, well, that's your extreme good fortune. You don't have to tell anyone else, but you should know that's your great good fortune. Showed himself what reward is waiting you. So, like I said, she's just a very simple, looking after her family. She's achieved the mercy of Krishna. So, there's one proof, and there are so many devotees. We, we may see now the movement is expanding, there are so many devotees, and we, we can't even know them all or remember them all, their names. But there may be so many great devotees. Maybe uh, devotees, it's not like they're very famous devotees, but they're very sincerely chanting the names of Krishna. And Krishna reciprocates with them. So let us try to <coughs> serve Krishna according to our capacity. Some of you are, especially in this month, working very hard to distribute these books. And uh, these books have their effect. People come, they take up bhakti. I was just uh, describing last night how in all these years I've seen that preaching Krishna conscious, it's always auspicious. It may seem that, well, you know, I went to some place and I did try to do some preaching, no one was very interested. And What was the point? You might think like that. In my youth, I traveled in many villages in Bangladesh, and it was usually one day, one place. And uh, we didn't want to stay too long in one place because we had to, you know, it was underground. So we didn't want the local authorities were very slow moving. But so by the time they found out and came, we were already gone somewhere else. <laughs> so I was sometimes thinking, you know, we come and the people, they see and... They're nice, and then we go somewhere else and we don't see them again. That's why I made that first book, that beginner's guide in Bengali, so that at least they could have something they could follow. Sorry, that was a long sentence. So I was thinking that, you know, people come, you, you go, and then you see people, and then you go, and you, you don't see them again. And you, I was thinking sometimes, you know, what, what actually did we do? What was the effect? What was the benefit? But uh, now I often meet people, uh, young men, who tell, tell me that when they were 
five years old or ten years old, they came to their village and then they, they were so inspired and they never forgot that and now they're full-time devotees. <laughs> Many of them. Krishna's mercy is very great, much greater than we can imagine. We're all constitutionally very small, but these books are non-different from Krishna. And uh, these books of Srila Prabhupada, they are ancient Shastras, and they are ancient Shastras with the touch of Srila Prabhupada, with Srila Prabhupada's uh, intense desire to educate people in the science of Krishna and bring them to Krishna. So this uh, endeavor to preach Krishna consciousness, we are very, we are constitutionally very small, but we are carrying something which is much greater than we can even comprehend. So it is Krishna's great mercy on us that we are given the opportunity to take part in this Sankirtan preaching. And... Actually, everyone who takes part in this is recognized by Krishna. Krishna is very pleased with uh, any sincere devotional service. So, no need to be ambitious. Not only no need, but it's not good to be ambitious. But uh, if we just pray to Krishna to let me be an instrument in your service, Krishna will reciprocate with that sincere prayer. Hare Krishna. Any questions about this? The Varnashana Dharma, the Varnashana Dharma is based on birth, but it is an occupation based on birth. Mm-hmm. Is it, the question is, is Varnashram Dharma based on birth? Or by occupation. Or by occupation. And not either, actually. Occupation follows from one's uh, quality and propensity, but not birth. Generally, it may it may be by birth, because it's uh, quite normal that someone who's the son of a priest will be trained by his father as a priest. This, the son of a potter will be trained by his father as a potter. But if it's restricted to that, that's not... Uh, the original Varnashram system. That's, uh, that famous incident is there in the Upanishads, Jabala Satyakama, who was uh, the son of a licentious woman who didn't know who his father was, but he was accepted as a brahmana because of his quality of truthfulness. <coughs> who will tell someone that my mother doesn't know who my father was? Who will, who will say that? It's... In any society, in any age, it's a shameful thing to say that my mother was so degraded. I'm the, I'm the result of her degradation. In every language, the, 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 the child who is born without a father, there's some. that word is a derogatory term if you call someone like that. It's a great insult to call someone like that. Of course, nowadays in the West it's normal. But uh, it's it's who who will who will say? Actually, my mother doesn't know. She is a prostitute. So. But he was so honest that he told this Satyakam. He told, and then immediately Gautam 
accepted. Oh, you must be a Brahmin, because only a Brahmin could say this. Only he could be so truthful. But he, he asked for his gotra, which means by birth. So generally the consider we can understand from that, generally the consideration was by birth, but uh, it's not the overriding consideration. Hare Krishna, you had a question? in Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada explained that the, the secret of success is in spiritual life or advancement is to please the spiritual life. Can you say it in the mic? <coughs> in a Bhagavad Gita, Purport. Krishna speaks Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. No problem. Srila uh, Prabhupada in the Purport, he describes that the, the secret of yeah. success is to please the spiritual master. So it's natural that we all try to to do some night. We want to please yeah. the spiritual master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I notice that sometimes we can do a lot of you know some endeavor in bhakti to impress. So it's kind of mix. Can what is mixture? Say in Tamil. Is that the question? <laughs> Is that the question? So, I want to discuss this point. Huh? Can you say it? Try? It's the only way. You have to learn. That's the way, That's the way I learn. No choice but to speak. So, I mean, not time. I don't know time. Well, you just please me and everyone else. Ramanandri. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Well, um, in reply, I can cite an anecdote. Well, Srila Prabhupada made it very clear that he was very pleased by his disciples distributing his books. So once a devotee who was engaged in distributing books asked Srila Prabhupada, what pleases you most? Expecting or hoping that Srila Prabhupada would reply, if you distribute my books. But Srila Prabhupada replied, if you love Krishna. Actually, you can sell books even from a totally mundane motive. Just like uh, in another anecdote from Bangladesh. So I was uh, arranging for the printing of Srila Prabhupada's books there. And uh, once I was walking in the capital city and I saw someone had a bookseller on the street. They have so many books still. And I saw some of the books, some of Prabhupada's books there, the ones that I had printed. So presumably the printer printed extra and sold it off to some some wholesaler because Hindu books there's a, there's no there's, there's no Hindu books and the Hindus buy them so for profit he cheated and printed some extra books and the person who was selling them was probably a Muslim and they didn't care you know, for preaching Krishna consciousness they were selling Prabhupada's books. So they were selling the books, but absolutely no motive of bhakti. People who got the books that way, they may get bhakti, but the person who's selling them 
they didn't get any spiritual benefit. So again, the, the point is the motives, our motives should be pure. And that's the whole point. Shuddha bhakti means with pure motive. The same activities are there for pure devotees and mixed devotees. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svaranam. Hearing and chanting about Krishna. Offering bhog to the Lord. The same thing is done by pure devotees and by mixed devotees. But Krishna is pleased with the activity of the pure devotees more than that of the mixed devotees. So yeah, to do... Uh, one uh, one symptom of a devotee is that he's always trying to do some more and more service for Krishna. And therefore, one who does much service is recognized by other devotees. But then if someone sees that, oh, one who does much service gets recognized and honored, and they think, I'll do much service and I'll get recognized and honored, then that's different to those who are doing that for the sake of pleasing Krishna. Or, it, as you mentioned, the motives may get mixed. You might start off thinking, oh, let me do this for the service of Krishna, but then some contamination enters the mind in the course of doing it. And one starts to think, well, I'll do this to please Krishna, but subtly we're thinking how people will recognize me and honor me. So one has to be very careful of these subtle contaminations in the Anything else? Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.